And uh, would you just speak to Eugene Herbert in a short while? He's the MD at Rack Driving Solutions. And it's all about uh, the way we conduct ourselves on the roads when uh, driving to a holiday destination. When you think of the fatalities annually, our figures in South Africa are way too high. Um, and uh, come January, we'll be reflecting on uh, uh, the stats coming out of uh, the Department of Transport. And for 2016 into 2017, um, we the Department of Transport revealed that one 1,714 people had been killed on South African roads. That was from December the 1st in 2016 until January 9th, 2017. So what can you do um, as you drive to your destination um, on our roads uh, to uh, improve your chances of surviving um, uh, the roads or this uh, travel, this long, these long journeys that uh, we'll be taking? So Eugene joins us now. He is the MD of Rack Driving Solutions and he was also featured in um, NetBank's Business Accelerator. You probably remember him very well. Hello, Eugene. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Great to be chatting to you on something that can hopefully save lives these uh, coming festive holidays. Yeah, thanks. But by the way, it's just uh, rather master drive. We kind of morphed the identity into master drive because it's more synonymous with what you and I do on a daily basis. So uh, it's all about driving. But it's 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 been a great few years, and uh, thank you very much. We look forward to. Good many more. Right. So from rack driving solutions to master drive. Master drive. Right. So does the complement of services still remain the same? Uh, in fact, it's enhanced considerably because uh, what we now do, and this is open to anyone, uh, in the spirit of trying to create road safety ambassadors, we produce a, a weekly newsletter that goes free of charge to people who want to learn about things of road safety. So Besides it being a commercial venture, we're endeavouring to educate people on a far more prolific basis about what they can do and what they shouldn't do. In fact, uh, one of the newsletters that we just circulated now was what you should be doing about these uh, these festive season holidays about Mm. driving safely. Mm -hmm. And let's start there. What do we start with when we consider our safety on the roads? You know, there's a number of things that are, are relatively simple, Azania, and, and those are what we should be doing, such as buckle up properly. Yeah. You'd be surprised at the number of people who still, after all the proof that's been delivered that uh, buckling up makes you a, 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 makes for a safer drive, some of them choose to, to ignore that. So that's the one strong thing. Please just buckle up, and that includes rear seat passengers. Yeah. It does mean a bit of a challenge uh, for moms and dads who are carrying children, but you know, you prepare ahead for that. You make sure you take regular breaks so that they don't get all miserable. Yes. You also have suitable games and suitable snacks and, and really not the type of snacks that's going to have them climbing the ceiling and, and mm-hmm. jumping out the windows. So just those three things already will contribute toward a more positive drive. And then also, you know, the, we reach the point where we're so keen to go on, on holiday and it's, and it's a really great time of the year. People want to jump in uh, after they've finished work. They haven't had adequate rest. Um, and as a result, they start making mistakes. And I think some of the statistics will show that probably 63% of, of crashes come about as a result of fatigue. Mm-hmm. So let's not do the stupid thing. Let's do the wise thing. And then, of course, there's all the other things that we shouldn't be doing. Don't drink and drive. You know, you won't believe this, but... One of my colleagues works at Van Rennens over the uh, every long weekend. Mm. And there you have vehicles pulling up and they've got a fully kitted bar in the back of the boot. Yes. They stop off and have a, an alcoholic drink before they carry on their journey. It's a no-no. Don't drink and drive.
Yeah, on a long uh, journey, uh, people, well, you shouldn't even be drinking on a short journey. So uh, you're finding yeah, people uh, I- I- drinking on such a long trip with so many hazards, potential hazards. Know, it's, it's like it's, it's a, a rite of passage or something, and it's, it's not the responsible thing to do. Mm. Um, so that's one thing that we don't want to do. The other thing is, um, which contributes toward a significant number of crashes, uh, people, and I'm talking about drivers in particular now, who are distracted whilst they're driving. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know generically we think of the phone as the most common problem, and really it is. Mm. It's just people wanting to read text messages, etc. Mm. It goes beyond that. Um, so when, you, when you're driving, make sure that you've set up your vehicle so that you don't have to reach for the refreshments. Mm. In other words, you don't want to be looking down on the floor where it's fallen, etc., have your car pre-packed so that everything is in its place and you don't have to take your eyes off the road mm. and preferably you get your passenger, whether it's your wife, kids or whatever it is, to unwrap the sandwich instead of you grabbing the, the wheel with both knees <laughs> while you battle with the sandwich or battle to open the bottle and things like that. So, you know, we're not trying to change a, 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 a holiday routine which is actually a pleasant experience mm is something that is onerous and draconian, but rather just some simple, well-thought-out solutions will make sure that we arrive at the destination safely. Yeah, absolutely. We think of road trips as being fun, but it can also be treacherous depending on how we conduct ourselves. But let's start with this question of fatigue. How do we prevent uh, what we often hear about, that a driver fell asleep behind the wheel going on to uh, cause a devastating accident and potential fatalities? Okay, well, we know that at certain times of the day, uh, probably fatigue is more likely to be evident. You know, the early hours of the morning when the sun is rising, that's clearly a dangerous time. So plan your trip around it, but the biggest thing that one can do is make sure that the driver gets adequate rest beforehand. Mm. here's Here's a lesson for men, you know, the big macho, no, they can do the whole trip, eh? Whether it's a 500-hour trip or a two-hour trip, they can drive. Don't be afraid to to spell, to let your co-driver take over for a bit if you're feeling a little bit uh, fatigued. And the moment you're going to notice when the eyes drops. And if you're a passenger and you have some guidance for the passenger, instead of you just parking off and going to sleep, I think it's your moral responsibility to make sure that your driver is kept awake as well, which could be done by giving them regular snacks or, or just engaging them with discussion. If, if they're falling asleep and you're fast asleep, you wouldn't have any clue as to what it is. So let the passengers also also be well-rested because then they can contribute toward the well-being of everybody in the car. Yeah. I must say, Eugene, it's something that I've never quite uh, understood and it is quite common for someone to fall asleep behind the wheel. Is it boredom? Is it... Uh, yes, there's fatigue, you're tired, and it's at a point where it's so uncontrollable that you can't keep your lids open. Um, but just that decision to carry on when you know that all you want, all that your body wants in that moment is to have a nap, is to have a snooze. Why do we continue? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Look, there are some uh, possibly health factors that can be taken into account, and these are the things that we can discuss. We mentioned about having a good eight-hour sleep, yeah. not a two-hour nap. That doesn't work. Um, also to make sure that the, any medication that we may be on. You know, you read the contraindications on medicines on occasion that uh, may 
uh, medicines may cause drowsiness. Mm. So people will insist that they are the exception. Right? And whilst uh, a good dose of caffeine can give us a, a bit of a boost, um, it's, it's not the permanent solution. The only thing that will really restore some rest is a pullover in a safe place. Let's qualify that. We, we don't want people pulling over on the side of the road and then they get mugged. But there are adequate provisions, particularly on the road between here and Durban, which is one of the most frequently traveled roads, mm. for a person to pull over. If they're not going to sleep, stretch their legs. You know, there's, there's lots of caffeine drinks that they can uh, go and buy. I'm not going to advocate any one over the other. But it would give them the boost. But if they are really feeling tired, nothing replaces just a power nap of about 10, 15 minutes and then they reinvigorate it and they can go. So see the destination. Mm. What's the point of even having a near miss? You know when you have a near miss on the road mm. and you've fallen asleep or if you, and you've just drifted off a bit and you wake up, that sudden jolt, mm. yeah, it keeps you awake for, for probably all of 10 minutes. But then fatigue sets in again. Again, yes. And people say, you know, the, the whole, the, the common advice, just open your window, crack open the window as if that breeze is enough to, uh, to keep you awake. Because as you said, it is that r- initial refresh. Oh. Um, but afterwards, the fatigue kicks in again. Now, um, as we travel the various routes, we're also likely to encounter wild animals or just animals on the road. How should we deal with that? We're moving at 120 kilometers an hour and then suddenly, um, I remember as a kid, there was this cow in the middle of the road um, traveling to Limpopo. So what is your best advice when it comes to dealing with this when you can see you're about to uh, crash into a wild animal? Okay, Zinia, Zinia, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that it's a subject very close to my heart. You know, I don't know if you know the organization Endangered Wildlife Trust. Mm-hmm. They have a program called Road Ecology. And it's really to educate road users about the, the, the challenges associated with sharing the roads with animals. Because if you think about it, it's not just cars, bikes, pedestrians and the like that share our roads. It's also animals. And given the fact that they, uh, that they cross the roads periodically, we should be as diligent as, as much about watching for an animal as what we do for, for, for a, a child a pedestrian or a cyclist. Now, one of the things that we obviously teach in our organization is, is defensive driving. Now, mm-hmm. what that does, really does is to focus your eyes further ahead down the road. And we talk about 12 to 15 seconds because if you're watching the road ahead and you see, for example, that there's a cow on the side of the road, common sense then should dictate that you should take corrective action. Don't just carry on as normal and think, oh, well, the cow knows I'm coming, so he will get out the way or she will get out the way. It doesn't work like that. Slow down to an appropriate speed because the faster you go, the longer it takes to stop and the severity of the crash, if you happen to hit that fixed object, which is like over a ton, uh, the cow's going to die. But your car is going to be a write-up and all occupants are probably also going to be dead. So it's, it's a matter of preemptive, preemptive driving. You have a look. When you see those road signs that tell you about animals crossing, don't just take it as something that's uh, for granted. Oh, I've never seen an animal. Because on that day, you may well encounter an animal. Yeah. And, and yeah. the other thing that we also want people to be aware of is the fact that, um, you know, these people who litter, and they're the bane of my life. Mm-hmm. They throw things out the window, which we hate and we detest. But some people think that they're not doing such a bad job when they show a, throw a banana peel or an apple core or something like that. Animals sense the smell as such that 
they they will pick up on that. Now, on occasion, we have thrown it out on one side of the road, and there's an animal on the other side of the road, and it crosses to go and pick up that leftover food. Mm-hmm. Now, that can contribute toward a vehicle hitting that. Now, pragmatically, we're not going to say if your life is in danger, you, you throw caution to the wind and focus on saving the animal. No. But if you apply some real practical advice, mm. right within the speed limit, and the other thing that I really want you to think about, because many people drive at night, is drive within the distance that you can see. Mm-hmm. And many cars' headlights are so bad that they'll insist on traveling at 120 kilometers an hour because that's the legal speed limit. Mm-hmm. Sadly, most people see it as a target. That's not the target speed limit. You should drive within the distance that your headlights can pick up. And remember also, we're going to dim our lights when there's oncoming traffic. So don't be in a rush. Slow down, and particularly then, when we're traveling through areas, and you know, it's areas of Limpopo, there's areas in Pumalanga where we know uh, animals, not wild animals, yeah, but yeah, domesticated yeah, animals yeah. are meandering the side of the road. Anticipate that it may occur, but your extended journey of 30 minutes to arrive at your destination will be a lot better than being in the hospital ward and having your car wrecked on the side of the road. Mm, mm. But what do you advise then? Because um, you do these um, uh, defensive driving and advanced driving uh, uh, courses. So when we're confronted with that situation, of course, a sudden swerve is only going to lead to uh, uh, the car overturning. Chances of the car overturning are higher. Um, so as you said, slow down. If, you, if you're not driving within the speed limit, if it's not something you can avoid, wh- wh- what is the, the, the best Okay. The one thing that, uh, you know, the good thing about many motor cars today, they've got fantastic ABS brakes. Mm-hmm. In other words, if one breaks suddenly. But there again, uh, just a word of caution, what's the point of you braking for the car in the road and the car behind uh, rides into you? Right. Yeah. So take cognizance of what is traveling behind. Um, if you have to use your brakes, apply them firmly to bring you to a stop as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with the braking technology. If you get the speed slow enough, it is then safe enough to take evasive action to go around the car. But of course, you also, as I said right at the outset, would need to know what's going up ahead. So mm-hmm. if you saw that there was oncoming traffic and it was approaching that common obstacle, which is the cow, slow down so at least they would be past it by the time you arrive so that in the event of you having to take evasive action, you're not going to swerve out and hit into an oncoming car. Mm. Right. Um, Paul wants to know, what does your guest recommend as the best time to set off on a trip? Um, and I think that's a key question as well, because uh, so many people like leaving in the early hours of the morning, you know, 3 a.m. and so on, uh, because they want to beat the traffic or reach a particular point by a certain hour. Um, so what do you advise in that regard, considering that many of the accidents happen, fatal accidents happen in those late hour or early hours of the morning? Look, uh, if you'd have asked me this question probably 15 years ago, I'd have probably agreed with you the early hours of the morning um, because you want to get most of the trip under your belt so right. that you arrive at your destination. So, yeah, part of the uh, day. Mm. But, you know, of recent years, and when you when you drive along some of our busy roads, just look at the number of cars who are which are, which are unroadworthy. The lights are not working properly. Now, if you've got a vehicle approaching you from a distance and it looks like it's one headlight. It could actually be a truck 
that uh, mm. God won the Hitler hut because the other Hitler hut is broken. And as a result, you make a decision to overtake and you therefore land up riding smack bang into a truck. Mm. Um, a person, each person must make up their own mind. You know, we're not being prescriptive, but it's a fact that if, if there is light, you can see. If you are driving at times where even it's low light, your lights are there not only for you to see where you're going, but also for you to be seen. So lights should be on at all times. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, if you would like to, you can always check in with the AA. There's an indication of where uh, there are problems on the roads because roadworks also create obstacles. Yes, the stuff We hold up waiting, and then we're now running behind, so we now speed up, and typically... um, we will be driving a little bit over our abilities, and that's one of the reasons why we're involved in crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and speaking of lights, John on SMS says lights on, especially in silver cars that are camouflaged in mist. Some people say uh, green cars are unlucky. No, silver cars can be a problem. That one comes from John on uh, on SMS. So uh, there are certain you you yeah. mentioned the drive down to Cape Town on the uh, to Durban rather on the N3, and there are those days when. The, the weather can be so adverse, you're in this mist, in this haze, and it's, it's very difficult to see. Yeah, what's, what's a sexy color to buy when, you, when you're shopping for cars is not necessarily the safest in misty conditions, as, as uh, the listener says. Mm. It's, not, it's not to say that you, you, you have to go and get rid of your car, but you know what, if you're conscious of the fact, there's not only your lights on, and if you're approaching misty conditions and you're forced to slow down, there are hazards which you can activate for a while. We don't encourage that you keep them on all the time. But if there's traffic behind you, um, let them know that there are misty conditions and that you're slowing down. So if all else fails, pull over to the side of the road in a safe place until the mist clears. It's like I, cannot, I can never figure out why people will ride through, you know, when there's a felt fire. Yeah, yeah. They insist on riding through it irrespective of how dense that, uh, that smoke is. Mm. What's to prevent you pulling over to the side of the road for 15, 20 minutes until the smoke clears, at least you can go through there. After all, it's the safe arrival at your destination mm-hmm. that makes, makes the trip worthwhile. Arriving there with, you know, highly tensed up, stressed, ready to, to beat the kids and do things like that is really not the start of an enjoyable holiday. No, absolutely. The overtake is also uh, another cause for crashes on our roads. We insist on uh, overtaking over a solid line or even when uh, it's not conducive to do so, maybe we underestimate the speed at which other cars are traveling. What's your advice there? Okay, um, there's two components to that, if I can cover it uh, nighttime and um, during the day. Mm-hmm. You know, the challenge with, with night driving is many people's vision hasn't been tested, and we've proved this so often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Their the night vision is inadequate, therefore they make what they think is an informed decision about overtaking, and as a result they crash into you or I. Mm-hmm. Now, that's part of the state concern or one of our, our family members. So one of the other reasons why ensuring that your vehicle is always in good condition, another health factor that we should never uh, dismiss is the fact that regular vision, not just the one that goes and makes sure that you can get your driver's license renewed, but one that will ensure that you've got proper vision that's tested for depth perception as well as color differentiation will contribute toward a safer ride. So mm-hmm. if in mm-hmm. doubt, yes, the, the, the good old saying, if in doubt, stay with that. If you cannot see far enough in the distance, well, then just hang back and wait.
Mm. Because when you're driving during the day, um, it tends to be a little bit different because then we can see clearly ahead. But again, people misjudge the distance. And you know, even though we're at, uh, it's admonished that uh, everybody should obey the speed limit, there's some vehicles out there that are traveling at unreasonably fast speeds. And so therefore we pull out believing that we'll take uh, the gap and get in front of the vehicle and we find we've got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So we're reading the road ahead and those signs are there for an indication. There's hills, valleys or any other indications that there could be obstacles and hazards on the road. Take notice of them because they could give you some indication of what you're going to uh, come against should you overtake a vehicle. But again, if you're uncertain, just exercise some patience and stay behind. And also remember that while some trucks are very courteous by pulling over into the yes, other lane, yes. it's, not, it's not obligatory. They're not forced to do that. Mm. So let's not get upset with a truck driver who simply is now doing what his boss has, has told him to do. And in fact, you'll see on some of these, they'll say behind there, no yellow lane driving. There's a reason for that. And let me share that with you. So the truck driver pulls over, mm-hmm. let you pass, mm-hmm. going over a hill. And just over the hill there, there's a car stopped. Now, he's got traffic alongside him, and he's going at 80 kilometers an hour, which is the legal speed limit, and this car is stopped in front in the emergency lane. Mm. What does he do? So it's not necessarily that the driver has been inconsiderate. Mm. It's, they put in place for very good reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is another one, a question here, uh, as we get to the end, that uh, Bobcat Munsiwa says, can you pl- your guests please give advice on uh, these people that drive with blinding rear fog lights on even in broad daylight? Um, I'd hate to generalize and say there's a typical vehicle, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> vehicle and I don't know what one is probably up to your mind. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, you know, if people don't know how to operate their cars, and you've seen this, I'm certain, a car gets delivered, the person is so anxious to get into their car and drive away, the salesman says, can I show you this, that, and the next thing? No, 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 I'm fine, thank you. I know my, I know the car. Mm-hmm. And they push a button which they never remember to deactivate, and that unfortunately causes that situation to occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the one thing that we do encourage any motorist is, Get familiar with your motor car, and before you do a trip, and this doesn't relate to to just long trips, just take a walk around your car and check whether everything is in place. Because if you did that, in all likelihood, you would find that you picked up on those lights. Now, if you're the person that's following that person, and let's let's not refer to him as an idiot because we're giving greater credit than that, but as a person who is unobservant, if you do happen to pull over behind him when he's putting in fuel. Don't go and confront him because, you know, he could have, well, have a 45 yeah, and he's had a fight yeah. with his wife and therefore we land up with an altercation. So just write a note that says, please, buddy, your your, your fog lights are on. Slip it to him when when you pass his car. Right. And disappear into the distance. So at least if he is bigger and brawnier than you, mm-hmm. you're not going to be beaten up. <laughs> Eugene, thank you so much for joining us. We're out of time, but uh, okay. we will heed your words, your warnings about keeping it safe on the roads. My pleasure. Thank Have you. A nice day and wish all drivers a safe journey. Thank you. That's the CEO of Master Drive, Eugene Herbert. Go to